Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Throwback Reviews Podcast. I'm Sean. With me, as usual, is Rob O'Hara. And special, Amen. And a, and a special guest starting out with us here, my son, Ethan. Hey, how's it going? Who just recently turned 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's he's been home for a while now. Rob, what's going on? How are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm uh, just, uh, earlier we were counting the days, how many days it's been since I left the house or um, had a shower or um, I don't even know what day it is today. I don't, uh, well, I can yeah. s- I can see you listeners can't, but you look like you maybe do for one. <laughs> for the sh- for and, shower or and a shave? Sh- and a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I shaved um, like right when they said, hey, you're going to have to stay home for a while. I was like, I'm going to shave today and then that's it. And uh yeah, you know what? Every time the beard comes in, it comes in a little thicker and it comes in a little wider. So, um, that's, that's why I don't grow it. <laughs> Plus, it just you know, sucks. I hate, I hate that, that, that like two weeks of before you get to the soft stage. Oh, uh, it just and drives me nuts. Yeah. And honestly, my wife hates it. That's when, the, um, that's the real reason. When I grow it out, it's funny. Uh, and when I'm like clean shaven and I go out with my dad, People will say like, oh, you, you, it's always good to see a father and son still hanging out, you know. But when I grow the beard out and we go, people always think we're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it adds like 20 years, you know. So, um, Well, it's better than yeah. saying father and son and, and they ask you how old your son is. Point to me, right? <laughs> that, that'd be kind of rough. Um, so what else is... Uh, what else is going on with you? I mean, I know we said we were going to keep it to like a minute as far as uh, I guess maybe just talk about it for future reference of what the timeline is, you know, the situation of, I guess you'd say the world right now. So we said we'll keep it very brief about the uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic that we're all living through. Yeah. Well, we're, um, of course, uh, you and I live a half a country apart and um uh, it's been a little different uh, for you, from what I understand. Even though you're not near New York City, but you are in New York, and so I know they've they've done uh, some things for the state. Oklahoma seems to be a little bit behind everywhere. So uh, you know, when you watch the news, they'll say, you know, those people in New York are wearing masks, and then we all laugh. We go, well, we're not wearing masks, and then like a week or two later, you know, <laughs> then mm-hmm. it gets here. So, but yeah, it's just it, this is crazy times. You know, I think the worst and. Um, uh, we should probably ask uh, Ethan uh, what his experience has been like, but uh, I also have a son who's a senior in high school, and it's been, uh, you know, kind of depressing. I know it's been uh, really upsetting for my wife to just watch, you know, his entire senior year crumble. Mason had a uh, a senior trip planned for spring break. Uh, you know, we had graduation party planned. You know, people coming in from out of town. We had, uh, um, you know, all these these different things prom. And uh, to just watch it, you know, those are all things that I think about. Like when I think back to high school, my senior year, uh, those are all things, you know, those are all memories. I remember what I did. I remember going to the prom. I remember graduation, you know. And so it's kind of a bummer that our kids are uh, losing out on on all those things. But, you know, uh, I, I would just say for us personally, my wife and I are both fortunate that we can work from the house. So we haven't. uh uh, you know, a lot of people have been uh, furloughed. I, I see a lot of people on, on social media that are uh, being furloughed or have lost their jobs. And um, so I know it's rough on, on a lot of people. We're, we're really lucky and that fortunate that we've been able to continue working. Of course, like a lot of uh, uh, people, 
it's always a challenge working when you also have kids in the house uh, who are somehow on a prolonged five week spring break so far. I don't I don't know how your uh, uh, schooling from home is going, but my kids pretty much gave it the middle finger. <laughs> my kids aren't doing it at all. Uh, they're they're doing it. It's it's uh it's difficult, right? I I think because you don't have that structure of school and everything and I'm home now. I was working. I I'm off for 3 weeks. I go back next or the week after next. <clears throat> Excuse me, but my wife, she works from home anyway. So, she, you know, she tries with three kids. We try to trust in them, but we are able to go online and log into their accounts and check on stuff like that. And we've seen some slacking with certain individuals in this house and we've addressed those issues so uh but Let's you, say it's the other two it's the other two that are not guests on tonight's show for the most part honestly it really has <laughs> it really has been um but yeah like mason ethan is missing out on all those things as well as he just turned 18 and he was supposed to turn uh, 18 in germany in his exchange student uh trip so but yeah we'll, we'll switch it to you ethan and how is this what, what is your mindset with this right now as far as being a senior and graduation right around the corner. Um, I, it sucks. I don't get a prom, I guess, but I'm kind of enjoying just sitting at home all day and choosing to do work when I want to. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. A degree in call of duty. <laughs> yeah, what is your game of choice? Although right now he's just playing some Mario game. Building. Yeah. Mario maker. That, oh, and, nice. uh, some online games with friends. So it's, it's kind of nice. Like I could still connect with my friends on discord. Um, but I just want to hang out with them in real life now at this point. Yeah. Mason's starting to make these little shenanigan plans, you know, where he, uh, he says he wants to go to Seven Eleven, And then I find out that all his friends have, have made, uh, uh, they're, they're all, uh, going to Seven Eleven at the same time. So just by coincidence, they all happen to be there, uh, at the same time. But, uh, no, what I, what I was going to say about my kids, uh, the way that they've done it here for the homeschooling is because not every kid has access, uh, you know, to a computer that will run their software or, or high speed internet. Basically what they decided here was that, uh, none of the online courses can hurt your grades. You could only improve your grade point average. So once they told that to the kids, you know, in all the classes, my kids have mostly A's on those classes. They didn't do anything because, you know, I mean, once you tell a kid it's optional, it's <laughs> we know what option they're going to pick. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty nice. I'd prefer that. I know. I like it the way it is. <laughs> I, think, I think they. I think they still need to do some work, and that's just the way it is here in our in our uh, district. So, um, so let's get into the movie at hand. Here, you know, Rob, you and I were talking prior to the show that it seems like we're in like a detention lately, right? A little prolonged. Uh, we're like, uh, you know, what, geez, what was his name? Now? I'm a bender, right? He he seemed to be, <laughs> he seemed like he lived in detention. So, but we're talking about 1985's The Breakfast Club today. Yeah. Um, uh, so. You know, we, we can uh, obviously we'll go through uh, the, the basics of the movie, and uh, and I'm glad to hear that Ethan uh, watched it too because I want to ask him a little bit. Uh, I, I think this movie plays out a little bit differently uh, depending on if you saw it in the '80s first, if you you know if you saw it today. But um, yeah, this was uh, it was funny that uh, we picked this movie to talk about because it is like we're we're in detention that we're having to be you know stuck in these stuck in houses or even if you. Uh, 
go to work, you're just stuck with this small group of people that you're seeing every day. Um, I looked on IMDb, and uh, this movie was ranked number one by Entertainment Weekly out of their 50 best high school movies. So um, this is definitely a – and that was uh, in the 2000s. So um, this movie uh, is still highly thought of today. Uh, and it takes place, it says in the opening, on March 24th, 1984. But it came out in February of 85. So that was, uh, I think you graduated, I think, a year after me. So this was it, Oh, two years. Okay. So, yeah, this was um, the spring right before I went into mid-high. So I, I don't know if this was a big movie for you. But, uh, uh, of course, one thing that, that's funny is that it's a whole movie about high school kids and everything. But it is. Uh, R-rated, which was uh, a little bit weird. So I don't, I don't think I saw this uh, in the theater. No, and I did not see it in the theaters. It was an again, we say this at nauseum, I think, but it was an HBO movie for me. Um, see, now that's funny because I didn't realize it was rated R. Nicole said it was, and I was kind of like, why is this rated R? But I think, I think more so, and and she kind of said this was that the bender when he is. Giving it to, uh, that was a bad term, but when he's, uh, <laughs> I was going to say laying into, okay, when he is kind of messing with Molly Ringwald, uh, Claire, you know, and the things he says are, we're like, oh, wow, that's why, you know, because it was just pretty, I mean, distasteful stuff. And yeah, um, you know, one of the things I read was that um, uh, when uh, Judd Nelson, who, who plays Bender, when he got the part, he was one of those uh, first actors like Sean Penn, some of the other ones in the early 80s that decided they were going to be method actors. Mm. And so apparently he was Bender all the time, whether they were shooting or not shooting. And so he made a point of giving Molly Ringwald a hard time the entire time they were on set. Uh, I, I like making fun of her real father <laughs> in real life. Um, you he, know, he was uh, older too, right? Isn't he a lot older than these guys? Or no? yeah, I mean, you could tell, like especially in the scenes where he's talking to uh, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, and they look like you know it looks like a freshman and a senior. You know what I mean? Like they they definitely you could tell there's an age difference there. But um, so this is. Um, basically what this movie is, is there's five kids who have found themselves in detention uh, and each one is uh, a specific stereotype. So you've got uh, Andrew who uh, is the athlete. He's the wrestler and he's played by Emilio Estevez. Uh, You got Brian uh, who is the brain and that is Anthony Michael Hall. Of course we have Bender. Uh, His name is John Bender, but everybody calls him Bender. Uh, who's played by uh, Judd Nelson. He describes himself as the criminal. Uh, and then you have the two ladies. One is Molly Ringwald, who is Claire, and she is the princess. And then finally you have Ali Sheedy, uh, who's Allison in the movie. And she says, and, and when they sign their note, she is the basket case. So I did want to ask Ethan while we have him here, do you think those five stereotypes still uh, hold together today. I mean, do you know people like you would say, Oh yeah, there's a, an athlete like this or a, a princess. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I think they're still around. I think the, the weird artist, uh, stereotype is more prevalent nowadays. Do you, what, uh, are there any stereotypes that you can think of like at your school? Like there's one that pops out of my head, but that you think like if they remade this movie, 
what other kinds of kids do you think they would put in there? Um, maybe like someone who listens to rap and wears a lot of like, I don't, I don't really know what the clothing would be, but you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the jock would be a bit different because wrestling like isn't as popular anymore. I don't think. Yeah. I, I, when I saw it, I thought right away, I thought there'd be a gamer. You know, there's oh, gonna be yeah. that gamer kid. There has to be some kid who's trying to. There'd definitely know. be that, but it wouldn't be portrayed like pretty, you know, accurately. Could you could you mm-hmm. say almost like uh, what's that movie that we like? Uh, the, uh, Jumanji, like the new Jumanjis yeah. that came out, kind of like the, those. It would definitely be like that. Yeah, how they how they have those characters set up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, do you th- do you kind of re- relate to any of these characters at all? I didn't. Did either of you guys? I mean, maybe Ethan, because you're an artist, but I mean, you're definitely not. Uh, I mean, you're weird in your own way. We all are, but she was definitely. Uh, I did. I definitely did not relate to that character. No, um, <laughs> I don't think I related to any of them really. Yeah, they're so over the top, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I th- if I had to pick one. Uh, it would probably be the brain just be, but, but my parents weren't like that. Like my parents didn't push me that way, but it was like, it was like, if you took all the brains from my high school and put them little bits into one person, yeah, it was kind of like that, you know, same thing with the jocks. Like, you know, I knew guys that, that played football or basketball, but weren't, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sure there were those scenarios. They just weren't, you know, uh, the people that I hung out with. And before we go too far, I got to um, get in a shout out for John Hughes, uh, who uh, was the writer of this film. Uh, John Hughes is uh, super famous. If you've seen movies from the eighties, he wrote Mr. Mom. Uh, <laughs> he wrote uh, the vacation movies, all uh, vacation, European vacation, uh, Christmas, all those. Uh, of course he did 16 candles, weird science, pretty in paint. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, The Great Outdoors. I think this is like a, a, a who's who of episodes we've done on Throwback Reviews. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Uncle Buck, Home Alone, uh, Beethoven, and Dutch. Dutch. I've only <laughs> so seen go. I've only seen parts of Dutch. Oh, really? I, I, I kind of would like to go back. Um, I like both actors, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of would like to see the whole thing. Maybe we'll do that. Is that a '90s movie though? I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. Ed O'Neill, and it's um. I want to say it's after Married with Children, so feels like yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, we got to talk about the teacher too. I mean, that I think we, I I know I couldn't. I think Ethan can relate to teachers that way. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely he's the uh, it's Vernon. It's uh, Richard Vernon, uh, who's uh, played by Paul Gleason, and he is. Uh, uh, it says in the credits, he's the assistant uh, vice principal. So he's not like the head guy in charge. Obviously, if he was the head guy in charge, he wouldn't be stuck there on a Saturday. On a Saturday. You know? <laughs> but um, I kind of, I, as you know, what's funny is, is, is um, a lot of times, a lot of these 80s movies that we watch, uh, when we were kids, we related to the kids in the movie. And then when we go back and watch them, we relate to the adults. Yeah. More, you know, but I didn't. Feel like I didn't particularly like. The, I mean, I, at least the principal. Uh, you know, I didn't think he was a very likable character, and you know, it kind of seems like there's that moment where he becomes the bully. Well, you know, 
So, yes, exactly that. And you watch and you go, God, this guy's such a jerk. But there was a, there was a part, and I can't remember exactly. I think it was earlier on. Bender was giving him the business, right? And you see uh, Mr. Vernon go. He's by himself, and he kind of makes this look. And I think you could determine it as he was either frustrated. Um, but for a second, I took it as he... How to explain this? He almost felt. It, 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 I took it as he felt. I don't want to say sorry, but almost sorry for the situation Bender seems to be in. The way he is, like almost like he felt like he he didn't. I wish I knew the specific scene. If you watch the movie, like by just saying this, anyone who's seen this probably like, what are you talking about? He's a jerk the whole time. There's this brief moment where he's by himself and he almost it almost as looks as though he's kind of going. I hate. It's the way I interpret it. I I don't like being this hard on this kid, but I have to. Like this is how I have to d- deal with him. You know what I mean? I think there's probably mm-hmm. teachers like that who aren't as rough, or 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 maybe they have to put up a front of being unapproachable jerks because that's how they have to deal with certain students, maybe to not being taken advantage. But no, he definitely. I mean, the whole horns thing. I mean, how many times <laughs> you heard that? You know, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Um, but I, I got a list of uh, sayings later on of things that uh, definitely came from this movie, and that is one that right after uh, right after this movie, I like. I remember kids on the bus saying that, like, uh, you know, if you sit down and they'd like say, "Hey, man, don't don't sit in my seat or whatever," and they're like, "If you mess with the bull, you get the horns," yeah. <laughs> which seems now like a silly silly threat but yeah i i I know exactly the scene you're talking about and um i kind of saw it in a different way i kind of felt like he almost was like regretting that he had lost his cool you know what i mean that that he like let bender get the better of him but also but the same time i think it's right after that scene also you know where he gets bender and and um uh you know he's like sitting in his office later like on the floor and I mean, he totally loses. It. I mean, he takes his jacket off. He's like, you know, well, he wants. He's he's, he's egging him on to hit him. Mm-hmm. He let him yeah. hit him first. So okay, let me let me ask the the uh, the elephant in the room here, as far as relatable to the whole situation of the of the movie. They're in detention. Mm-hmm. Rob, I'm yes. going to guess your answer is no. That you didn't have to spend any time in. Now it could be detention. I mean, there, we my school we had after school detention, mm-hmm. and I think I, if I remember correctly, it was like three time um, lengths. So you would stay. I think there was like half hour, hour, and I think they had like in two hour detention mm. after school. But we also had in school suspension, and then for the real bad kids, there was obviously you get expelled. Uh, any of those? Any of the above? So this is going to surprise you. Uh, it won't surprise you. I had detention one day because I volunteered for it. Oh, jeez. Now, are we talking like after school detention or all day detention? No, this was all day in school suspension, and it was the first year. I believe it was uh, maybe seventh or maybe eighth grade where uh, we got to join newspaper. So I was in newspaper class. I was trying to come up with, uh, you know, an article I could write. And I was like, hey, I've heard they have this thing called in-school suspension. So I'm going to volunteer for it. And you get it all day. And I'm going to write an article about it. So here's how our in-school suspension worked. They took you out into the library. And they took a desk and pushed it up against the wall. Okay. 
So you sat at a desk facing the wall. And then they had this giant eight-foot-tall wooden box, like a box with three sides, and it was on wheels. And they pushed it up against where you were. So you were like, so the box is pushed up against the wall. <laughs> so you're in a four-by-eight, basically, box. But the fourth wall is, you know, the, the wall of the, of the library, right? Mm-hmm. And... The only light is what's coming in from the top of this box, so you can't hardly see anything. And teachers every now and then, so you just be sitting in there, like trying to do homework, but you can't see anything because it's all dark, you know. And then every now and then you'd be sitting there, and all of a sudden the box would just pull back, and of course the light comes in, you know, and you're like, ah, you know. And it's some teacher, they're like, you better not be sleeping in there. But here's the thing I don't think they told anybody that I had volunteered for it. So these teachers just kept coming by and being mean to me all day. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm a reporter. I'm a roving reporter, you know. <laughs> trying to, I'm just trying to get the scoop. You're undercover. <laughs> exactly. But um, Ethan. Yeah, they came through. Oh. Uh, he can't hear us right now. It's muted. But did you know Rob was such a nerd that he would volunteer for detention? That's, yeah, that's pretty lame, wow, to be honest. That's pretty nerdy. All right, let me take the mute off. Uh, wait, what? Huh? You're breaking up there, huh? <laughs> I heard something about what a, that I should have got a Pulitzer Prize for my yeah. eighth eighth grade article, but um, yeah. So that was really that was literally the only time that I had detention was one day, and it was because uh, I volunteered for it. The other thing I remember about that day is that uh, the one thing they didn't tell me was that you're supposed to bring your own lunch <laughs> for in school suspension. So I didn't get to have lunch. Oh no, buy-in? <laughs> no, because you, you had to stay in that stupid box all day. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that was it. So, how about uh, how about you guys? You ever spend any time in detention? Uh, I spent, yeah, I spent a couple of days before. Like, now are we talking full? No, like just like over my my high school and middle school time. Like, I I spent like maybe a period in detention. I had to do an after school one once. It was all because I didn't do work. Mm-hmm. So. Um, now the bad thing about uh, after school detention is depending on what your your. Uh, I think you live close enough. You guys could walk or ride bikes or mm-hmm. whatever. But like, like when I was a kid, if I had something after school, that meant my parents were going to have to come because I rode a bus. So my parents were going to have to come, you know. So, uh, but you know, it's funny. Like the detention in this movie and the way the principal is is very, it's very much the way I remember the eighties. Like I remember in sixth grade, these two teachers taking a kid out and just taking turns paddling him forever. <laughs> Just giving him swats and taking turns hitting him, you know? Jeez. And, uh, I mean, it was a, a rough uh, – I mean, this kid definitely deserved it, you know? But uh, I don't I don't think I – I mean, I definitely never had a principal threaten me like, like what happens in this movie. But I definitely had principals that I was afraid of. And nowadays, I wonder if, if, if you know, they have this kind of situation anymore. No, nah, definitely not. I'm not, a, I'm not scared of any of my teachers. Now they're all friends on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was scared of, of getting extra work or, like, you know, getting a bad grade. But in terms of, like, them actually being a teacher, like, none of them were intimidating. Maybe annoying, but, you know. Yeah, we we had some, again, back then, uh, teachers still, they could get a little physical. I, I'd seen teachers when I was in high school get a little physical with students. Um I had to ask Ethan too if he had a full day detention because, as far as I knew, I mean we're we're pretty open, right, and honest with with everything that goes on at school and the kids. So I was like, wait a minute, is he like now he's gonna like fess up that he actually had it one time? Um, 
So, wait a minute, you're using the podcast as a lie detector <laughs> system? What's going on over there? <laughs> but uh, I, I, had, uh, I had the after school, same reason, schoolwork. Um, but I actually, I didn't volunteer, but I had, to, I had to do in school once, one time. Uh, I got caught skipping. <laughs> got caught skipping uh, uh, for the whole day. So they said, all right, no, the next day you get to spend the whole day in, in school suspension. It wasn't honestly that bad that the guy that ran it, um, I mean, we couldn't really talk, but every once in a while he would kind of interact, you know, and uh, so it was okay. You actually were able to order a lunch and they would bring it down. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Was, he a, was he a coach? No, he wasn't a coach. <laughs> I'm not really, I don't know what he was, to be honest. I, I don't remember. But our, we were in a separate room, and it was down the hallway past the gym. You know, well, you would know, but like our school, the gymnasium, there was a hall that would go down. I think yours is kind of like that, where it's kind of like a dead-end hall, and there's some entrances to the locker rooms. Mm-hmm. And there was one room off there, and uh, it, that was the room. That was yeah. the uh, in-school suspension there. But only one day, only one day. I remember uh, this kid. His name was Terry, and uh, he was all—he was just one of those kids that um, was just always in trouble, but didn't seem like a troublemaker. Like maybe he just got in trouble for being late or those sorts of things like that, you know. And I remember uh, he was in my sixth hour, and I remember one day uh, he said he had detention, and he showed me, uh, you know, those Walkman the old school Walkman headphones uh-huh. uh, and you could split it. You know, he had run one of them down the sleeve of his hoodie and then had it where he could like cup it in his hand, you know, and he had like an old school um, Walkman cassette player, you know, and then he could just sit there and put it, you know, like rest his head on his hand. Like he was just being bored, but he could sit there and listen to music. <laughs> and he was showing me how he had all this, all wired up so that uh, that's what he was going to do for detention was, was uh, yeah, they weren't having a dance party uh, in our detention. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it was for you. There was no choreographed dancing going on. No, there's no dance party. Um, <laughs> so I, I think Ethan's going to split here in a second, but before you do, I'm just curious what you, th- did you enjoy the movie? Did you? Uh, uh, think yeah, it- I, I liked it. I, I think um, it was uh I like eighties movies in general and just like the whole, the feel of them and stuff. Like they're so goofy, but, um, yeah, I liked it besides the weird art girl and, uh-huh. uh, Bender got annoying at times, like where I just wanted to like punch him, you know? Yeah. I think that's the one thing I did actually want to talk to you before you split is, you know, with school and everything, um, it seems like we all kind of run into a person like that. Yeah, for sure. Right. But that's one thing like we – I mean I know this is a movie, but it's sometimes, you know, movies, they kind of reflect life. In the, in, and, uh, you know, there's, it, it seems like sometimes you, we talked about this. You have to kind of kind of sometimes step back because Bender, obviously he was a jerk and everything. Yeah. But he had – we find out, you know, when we find out why people are there and stuff like that and we find out that Bender is – he doesn't have the greatest home life. You know what I mean? I, I think it's a good movie even though it's R-rated. Like it would be good to show your kids, you know, because it – it kind of teaches you stuff, and even though I already knew all this this um, before I watched the movie, obviously, but at, like while that while those scenes were happening where they were all opening up to each other, um, it was kind of a powerful scene, like more so than you'd think for like a movie like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, it gets you thinking. So, yeah. Well, you know, it's a good scene that shows that everybody's got a story. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everybody, you know, people 
sometimes the bully, maybe somebody else is bullying him, you know, or the people that are quiet, maybe, uh, you know, everybody has something going on. We, you know, we only see the surface sometimes, you know, I was going to, so I know that you've watched some eighties movies, uh, with your dad. Have you watched war games? No, I don't think I have. I'm trying to think what else. Have you watched short circuit? Yes. I've seen that with the robot. Yes, and so the girl with the robot is uh, the weird art girl from this movie. That's Ali oh. Sheedy. It's the same girl. She's also the girlfriend uh, in uh, War Games, and she's one of the Wolverines yes. uh, in Red Dawn. Oh, so, yeah. So don't rule out those weird art girls. Sometimes they turn out to be, uh, uh, well, I was going to say pretty girls, but uh, they just turn out to be famous Hollywood actresses, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think Ethan, he's going to split. Thanks for coming on with us for a few minutes, sharing some of your uh, insight on the movie and uh, your own high school and detention stories with us. Yeah. No problem. All right. All right, buddy. Well, just remember when you come on this show, don't mess with the bull. (laughs) That is such a lame saying. Like, that's so. You'll get the horns. I'm going to be. Don't mess with the bull. I'm going to be using that all weekend now. (laughs) All right, Ethan. Thanks, bud. Yep. Did, uh, did did your kids watch this at all or no? No, I, you know what? They both said they've seen it, uh, but um, I think they've seen it like, you know, with it being on TV or, or just something in passing. I, I don't think they've ever sat down and watched it. I, I think it would be, um, it's interesting to me that I think it's still relatable to kids now, even if, um, you know, like, like Claire, who's the princess, there are still girls like that mm-hmm. in high school. You know, uh, the guy, the athlete, the uh, the brain. I mean, all five of these uh, things. Like, when I was watching it, I don't know how you, how you felt, but um, I definitely, when I watch this movie, I feel like I know somebody that's just like those characters. Yeah, yeah. Or I can remember somebody in a school that was that character. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah, I mean. definitely, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, and like we were saying earlier, like, I think... Now it would be portrayed differently, the characters maybe, but it would be the same, the same type of thing. You know, you have the the social statuses that don't really mix with each other, and and uh, but I, I like I like how in, like the movie how it starts. We get a little bit of insight to each character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you you have Brian being dropped off, you know, and his mom is just like, well, "We better find a way to study." The daughters or the sisters kind of giving him crap. Um, Molly Ringwald, you can see, you know, the, I mean, the father even says, I'm sorry, I'll make this up to you. Right. Right. right I'll yeah. make this up to you. You're in trouble. I'll make this up to you. Right. She's the princess. Um, Ali Sheedy, Allison, you know, I, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you feel, feel bad for Bender and his story, but I felt bad for her. You know, she's just ignored her family ignores her. So therefore she's kind of formed herself into something so that everyone else will ignore her not pay attention to her right we see that we got the jock you know you can't screw everything up that is all focused and i think we see that and i know i've witnessed it and with my kids being in sports other parents we've never been like that it's Mm -hmm. never been it's been more about just getting them to uh interact with other kids right and have some sort of socialization and some and some activity but whatever but you see those parents that it's like it's almost like they're living their dreams of whatever that yes. said sport is through their kids because yeah. their kid might be talented or, or whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then you see Bender coming, walking across the field, like, like it's nothing. Right. You know, so you kind of get that little bit of insight. I like that. 
Um, I, I, it did throw me off. Like it was on a Saturday. I was like, wow, I never even heard of such a thing. Yes. I, that, that would be a weird uh, Saturday detention. I mean, detention for us, uh, was always either in school or after school. You know, I, I never heard of Saturday detention. That, that definitely wasn't, um, a thing here. Um, you know, for Bender's character is definitely interesting in the movie because he's like, we all know that guy that, uh, you know, at least in high school, like I knew this guy that I was totally afraid of, you know, he was just like, seemed a little bit older than everybody. He seemed like a bully. Um, you know, you, you definitely put your head down. If he came down to your row of lockers, you know, you didn't want him to see you or pick on you. And then in this movie, you know, Emilio Estevez is like, dude, I will drop you, which by the way, I have seen fights uh, where one of the kids was a wrestler. You don't want to fight a wrestler. I mean, they might not be able to beat your face in, but they will always put you to the ground (laughs) and hold you there until you give up, you know, which is exactly what happens. You know, Nelson, uh, uh, Judd Nelson takes a swing at him and he puts him right on the ground. And, uh, uh, and then of course he gets up and he does the macho thing, you know, which we all knew, you know, kids that were like, I remember one kid who, you know, you always heard this. If they took karate, they're like, oh, my hands are Illegal. registered lethal weapons, you know, <laughs> which is some BS, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, so so uh, one thing I liked about it uh, as I rewatched it, and, of course, this is one of those movies that we all know, like we've all seen it. But then when you watch it with an analytical eye, uh, you notice different things, you know. Um, but it's almost like that the five characters are almost like a star in that there's a lot like this character talks to this character, you know, and then like character one talks to number two mm-hmm. and then one and two talk to three and maybe three talks to five, you know, like it's, it's not always just like two teams of people. There's always somebody who's giving it and always somebody who's on the receiving end. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I can I can recall when I was in school, there'd be that benderish kind of guy, right? Regardless, mm-hmm. like whatever, if he was the same way or bad, but that would be disruptive. Um, and and then you know you feared that you were going to be reprimanded for the for the behavior of this one kid, right? right. Which which isn't the right way to go about it. But I can totally remember that. And to be honest with you. I have situations like that to this day, like at work with people where it's just like, oh, you're maybe it's not so much. I'm worried I'm going to get in trouble for their actions, but like embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you get embarrassed either um, because it reflects on you or you're embarrassed for them because they don't realize, sure. you know, and, and so that's kind of like how this character was. I remember that in school. And I remember, like you said, the, the, there was the guys that you were kind of like, oh, shit. You know, like you were nervous of, and and for me, being someone who moved from one school district to another in eighth grade, which is like when you kind of start getting to that, oh yeah, that age where you're, your group, yeah, yeah, you're established, and you're kind of jockeying for your position in in whatever said group. But it, you know what I mean. And so for me, I mean, there was people that uh, I had no idea who they were and how they were, so I had to be really on guard. For, for people, you know what I mean? And then the following year in high school, because I did about three quarters of a year in eighth grade. And then, then two middle schools went to high school. So then now you're throwing in people that I don't even 
So I remember guys that looked like they were like, man, this guy like failed and he's like, should be in college now or, <laughs> you know, or. I remember this kid who was, um, uh, I think he started school late and then he had been held back. So he was like two years older than us. So we were like teenagers and he was like a man, you know what I mean? Like he was built like an adult and uh, we had this area uh that we waited if you were a bus rider after school it was called the pit and it was in the middle of our school and it was like three rows down and it was all carpeted you know so so there was like rings of steps where you could sit on the steps uh but that was called the pit it was like the central area and so i was in the pit one day we were you know i don't know there's probably 50 60 kids in there waiting for the bus and somebody on one side said something to this guy We'll just call him Bill. And Bill, I remember he was wearing like blue jeans with with rips in them, which was not popular style at the time, you know, and like an old army jacket. And he stood up and pointed at that kid. And I, I and then everybody started getting quiet. And that Bill guy leapt off of the top stairs of the pit. I mean, jumped down and went running full steam for this guy. And there were teachers, and one of the teachers came down, and I remember there was a a teacher who was uh, also happened to be a coach um, and grabbed that kid, you know, Bill and took him out of the pit. And I remember him holding him up against the wall, like, like one hand on his chest and one, like almost on his throat. And he was just going crazy. And I was like, it was the scariest thing. And that was like the scariest thing I ever saw at school. <laughs> like through my whole school, it was just somebody who was bigger than you that totally lost their cool and just came after somebody, you know, and, and um, it, it, when I watch this movie, when I look at Bender, I think of that guy because he seems like that kind of guy, you know. And by the way, I identify, I would say, the most with um, uh, the brain, you know. But clothes-wise, I would totally love to be Bender. Okay. <laughs> that jacket, the the flannel, the fingerless gloves, the boots the drove the boots drove me nuts, man. Like all tongue hanging out and wide yeah. open and not tied. Oh, it drove me nuts. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't take it. So you know, we see these these individuals, these characters, right? Inter- start to interact with each other, right? Even Bender, you know, he's he, he's given uh, Claire a hard time. You've got uh, Andrew, who's you know trying to stand up for her. Um, but throughout the day and, and we do, we have an opening up scene, right? Where they kind of talk about why they're there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I mean, who, who is it? Uh, was it, uh, who was saying, I think it was Bender that was saying like, you're not going to talk to me in the hall. Who was saying that? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he starts off saying, you know, and then, um, uh, and then Claire is like, you know, to be honest, no. On Monday, everything goes back to the way it was, you know. And um, uh, I know and that, Anthony and Michael Hall. Yeah, he's really like offended, right? Know? Yeah, because he's like, I wouldn't do that. And she, again, speaking candidly, is like, "Well, you guys look up to us, <laughs> right? Right?" And uh, that's kind of the way I think her type of, we'll say, clique is in school. That's how it was. People, whether you wanted to be friends with them you looked up to them because it was like in your okay and in in your eyes you would think they had a mate right Mm -hmm. you never know even 
you know, she even was like, look, my parents don't care. They just do whatever to get at each other. I'm a pawn, right. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like that because it's true. You're not, you know, I don't want to see them. Although I will say that the, the Claire and Bender hook up at the end. It felt forced. I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, because that's, there's no way, you know, when they were saying like, well, on Monday, you know, uh, we're not going to be friends or whatever. And then all of a sudden she's like, like Bender has been tormenting her. Like she's cried, you know, because yeah. of the things he's been saying and stuff. And yeah, that felt like a little, a little rushed, you know, like I could see, you know, the athlete, the jock being like, you know, hey, maybe I won't make fun of the brain when I see him on Monday. Maybe I will say hey to him or you know because that's a small adjustment right but from going to be one of the most popular girls in school to make out with a guy who's a criminal <laughs> yeah that seemed pretty far-fetched yeah and even like nicole pointed out uh you know when when claire kind of gives allison the makeover and then andrew the wrestler is like oh hey which i i get it you probably would in school especially you've seen it i i don't know i i just I didn't like those kind of interactions, I guess. For, yeah. me, for me, I didn't like it. But I did like that they addressed things like that. Like, yeah, we're probably not going to be. And I'm hoping that's the way it was. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe I'd like, like you said, I think, Andrew, you could see him being like, hey, what's up, Brian? Right. And then, like Brian said, he'd, they'd walk away and his buddies and he'd be like, hey, man, he's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of things. I mean, because this is Saturday, right? So there's a lot of things like on Monday when Allison shows up to school and she's no longer the weird art girl and she's wearing, you know, Claire's clothes and fixing her hair again or whatever, like people aren't just going to accept her. Yeah. They're going to be like, wow, the weird girl got a brush and brushed her hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that's a lot, you know, because it's not, it's, you know, I remember, um, uh, kids who were made fun of in high school because of things that happened in elementary school. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Things followed you for a long time. Unfortunately, so, yeah. Yeah. So that so those kind of changes. Now I will say this, uh, and I don't care who hears it. I thought Ali Sheedy was way hotter before <laughs> than after the makeover when she had the hair and the eyeliner or whatever. I was way more into that Ali Sheedy than the Ali um, Sheedy at the end when Claire tried to make her up. I, I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> maybe but, not the dandruff, but that, the dandruff. Yeah, yeah yeah that's, that's what i was gonna say when i mean i thought it was very uh, uh you know interesting how she came up with that snow and i thought it was cool the idea but yeah that yeah, kind of weird it kind of ruined it for me but I, man i'll tell you what uh so we just watched pretty in pink i think maybe a week or two prior to this mm-hmm. um and nicole's itching to do a review of that. So she wants to do one on for a horrifying chicken. Oh, <laughs> now put her on here. Let's do it on here. Um, but anyways, um, I'm, I, it's, you'll probably be unpopular, but I'm not generally into Molly Ringwald, but yeah, no, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. But no. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm talking her look, not the way she, her look in this movie, man, she was smoking. <laughs> she was hot. I would have, I would have taken Ali Sheedy over uh, Molly Ringwald. I don't in know. This movie. I, you know what I think yeah. it is with Pretty in Pink. Now I get it. I, I and so I don't need emails for this. Like, hey, you know, Pretty in Pink. She didn't. <laughs> pretty in Pink. You know, she was in poverty. She didn't have any money. Her dad and her mom died. Her dad was a deadbeat. And blah, blah. 
I get it. She made her own clothes, but she was making her own clothes and like she was trying to, you know, she was like artistic, right? I right. was I wasn't feeling the the clothes she made in Pretty and Pink, so I, maybe that's why. But I don't know. But Sean, she got her boobies. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a weird scene in Pretty and Pink. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, sixteen candles. That's yes, a- <laughs> sixteen candles, right? Um. So, uh, the other character that's in this movie uh, that we haven't talked about yet is the janitor, uh, Carl. Now, I was going through the IMDb. Uh, trivia earlier. This is something that I have never caught. I didn't even catch it this time. Uh, but at the very beginning of the movie, when they're showing the scenes around the uh, school, there's a shot of a picture and it's um, of a previous uh, Shermer uh, high school student of the year. And it's Carl, the janitor. Really? Yes. So, so this is like, in the opening montage or? Yes, where they're showing all the pictures of the lockers and then they're showing the different pictures around the school. Huh. That's one of those shots. So I, I didn't catch that. I think that's an interesting uh, statement that he's saying is that the guy who was student of the year, you know, could go on to be a janitor. And, I, and obviously, you know, there's a stigma with being a janitor or custodian now we would call him. When you're young. Yes. I was going to say, I think yeah. that's a young thing. Right. Yeah. You feel now as, I'm like, you know, if you, you're trying to put food on the table, a job's a job, you know? Well, you know, and uh, so my first job, I was kind of like a janitor in a sense. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you, like a janitor at a school, generally a lot of times like they work a little bit later hours. I have some that work later hours, right. And do Mm -hmm. stuff after like that to me, that's the best man. There's nobody there. Right. Right. There's nobody there. Um, that, or I used, when I used to live in my old house, we lived across the street from a cemetery and I would watch these guys go out, you know, and I was, I was working midnight. So like in the morning I would sit there and watch them at like, 7 30 in the morning they'd be walking out or driving on their tractors and they'd be out cutting lawns I thought, man that is that that's a job for me mm-hmm. you know i don't think i can make a living with it right now though but uh man just to be by yourself like that but maybe it doesn't work for some people but yeah uh, yeah i think you're right i think when you're a kid you feel that way because i mean think about it you're a kid you're in a lunchroom and you know someone comes and takes all your garbage or you know, the- right. I think it's, you know, when you're a kid, you feel like you're at the very bottom of the social everything, right? Yeah. Like there's nobody that's below you. And then when you see these people that are, you know, the lunch ladies that are cleaning up after you or people, the, the, the uh, janitors who are, you know, picking up the trash that you throw away. And it's like, I think, I think you get this, this, um, uh, incorrect, uh-huh. uh, uh, perception that they are lower than you you know, on, on the pecking order or whatever. Uh, I remember, so I, I could probably come up with other janitors if I, if I really thought about it, but there was one, um, my junior year, there was a girl that was in my class and she said she was dating this guy. And then later he came by our room to take the trash out and he had a big, key ring thing like schneider from one day yeah. at a time the big giant thing and she was like hey that's my boyfriend and i was like what and so she was dating a guy and i don't know how old he was but he was old enough that he was out of high school and now working as a school custodian and i always thought 
man, I like, I hope they didn't meet at, like, I hope they didn't meet while he was a custodian. You know what I mean? Like, it just seemed really like a very, even then, it seemed like an improper relationship. So wait, she <laughs> she was in high school? She was in 11th grade. Yeah, I, I don't care where they met. That's not right. Yeah, so there was that. And then I remember, um, like, in 7th and 8th grade, we had a um, a janitor. He was a, a an older gentleman, like, probably, uh, I don't know, s- late 60s, early 70s. I think his name was Omer. And it kind of became this thing where some kids were making fun of him and they were doing that thing like they would talk to him and laugh, uh, but really they were doing yeah. it sarcastically. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then all these other kids kind of caught on to that and they started doing it non-sarcastically. And so he became like this real, like this popular figure in our school where people started being nice to him and stuff, you know, and um, uh, I'm sure people that, that work in those types of positions. I mean, they know that people are talking about them behind their back or whatever. And then uh, of course, Carl, uh, the janitor, you know, in this movie, he, uh, you know, he's like, man, I'm the eyes and ears of this school. Yeah. Like I know everything that's going on. I'm sure that's probably true, you know, because you get so used to people, you just, you don't pay them any mind as they're walking. Oh through. yeah. You're all over that school. Mm-hmm. You're hearing not only the students, but the teacher gossip and all that kind of stuff. You're in the rooms. Like he said, I'm reading your stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So not a, not right that kids would think that way, but that's just, I think, normal. That's, yeah. that's, that's how it is. This is one uh, random thought that I uh, wrote down. Um, if you brought a flare gun to school today with the intention of shooting yourself and it went off in your locker, I think you would get worse than Saturday detention. You think? <laughs> yeah, things have changed. Yeah. Um, well, before, one, well, one, you wouldn't even be home at this point. Right. You'd be, right. You'd be evaluated. Yeah. Yep. Um, so... One of the things that I have read, this this happened a couple of years ago. I, I remember when it came out. But Molly Ringwald uh, has come out and she's written some articles basically against uh, this movie and against... John uh, Hughes, didn't she? Yeah, against John Hughes. And so, you know, it, this was kind of around the time that the, the Me Too stuff uh you know began uh, really being uh, um you know brought up in the media and so that's why i was interested to hear ethan's take on the movie because i think for us watching this you know from the 80s i mean to me this is one of the quintessential 80s time capsules you know i mean uh, i wish there was more on the the set pieces uh-huh of it being 80s because it looks like a library. It looks like my kid's library now, except for without the computers, you know. But, um, you know, like, I, so that was the only, that would make it more 80s if there was more, you know, cars or things like that. But as far as the the kids, the attitudes, the the, dre- the clothing, the way they talk, I mean, this just reminds me so much of my high school years. So for me watching it, the way that Bender talks to – uh, Claire, um, you know, some of the ideas that, okay, well, Allison isn't worth anything until she gets made over. And then now she's, you know, attractive. So there, there are some of those kind of themes, but 
Uh, I'm not saying they were right in the eighties uh, in, in any way. I'm not endorsing, you know, the, the way like the, the bender speaks, but, but it's very reminiscent. Like I remember people that talk like that, you know, yeah. it's just, I just remember it. So I, I'm curious. You, you know, don't, for- you don't have to be apologetic for it, Rob. That's the way it's it, just how it was. I mean, it, it really, I mean, I know it feels weird nowadays. Sometimes you feel like you have to do that, but it's like, it's the way it was. No. It is the way it was. I mean, when I went, there was nothing that happened in this film that I don't feel like I ever saw in high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, well, maybe going through the ceilings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't do that. Uh, yeah. Do you think, do you think, uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a part where Bender has uh, weed and he, and everyone ends up smoking with him. Right. And it's, I found it weird. I mean, it's, I've heard it's a pretty potent smell. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that the principal wouldn't know, or the janitor. Yeah, yeah. Neither one of them would have known. But I, do you think they, they, they had a, they kind of did that in order for them to have kind of that emotional connection scene because it yep. would have felt way too forced if they didn't have some catalyst to get that start to get that rolling. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah, that it's kind like of a bonding, a bonding thing where they all they all broke the rules. They all did something together. Well, it, the, you know? That yes, and the fact that they're, you know, they're stoned, so they're not, uh, you know, their 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 guard is let down. You start, mm-hmm. you know, kind of from right here. But uh, I, I just felt <laughs> like I felt like that was that was their way of doing it because they it would have been way too forced. Way too forced if it just like they just started talking and opening up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, okay, I can get, I can give that a a pass as far as like the the principal and like you said, the janitor not going like, <laughs> right? What's right. going on in here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I think the the very first uh, example of that is when Bender takes the screw out of the <laughs> yeah doorstop of the door you know and then and then um you have this little uh you know a few little things where they they try to prop the door open he tries to prop it open with a metal door that obviously won't (laughs) hold the door open and they put a a magazine rack there you know until bender says well gosh what if there's a fire you know um but it's just that kind of thing where you go yeah it it does it seems like it's a little bit of force just cut to to play to the movie Uh but if the door is open and he's across the hall with the door open, then the whole movie can't happen, you know. So they have to do something. So yeah, you know, you just gotta buy in. So yeah, I thought the same thing with the um, uh, the smoke and the weed. You know, is like you gotta get them where they're all relaxed around each other. You know, um, one thing I thought was interesting in the uh, uh, IMDb trivia, it says of the five kids that have detention, Bender is the only one that doesn't cry. That, really? Um, does does Andrew cry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. he does. Yeah. When yeah. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the all the other four of them, you know, at some point, kind of, I don't want to say uh, uh, break character, but it's like they let their true emotions out, you know. But so Bender, you never really know. Like I, the funny thing about Bender is I knew people like that that I knew were full of crap. You uh-huh. know, they would be like. Yeah, my dad makes me eat dog crap, and you're like, no, he doesn't, you know. So there, you're you're kind of led to believe that Bender is full of crap, and then he pulls his sleeve up, and he's got that burn mark on his arm, 
And you're like, well, maybe he's not full of crap, you know? So I don't know. There's kind of that ambiguity. Yeah. I still don't think that means that he's not full of crap. I think he's that kind of guy that's, that's just, you know, talks a lot of smack, but you can also see just, you know, and, and um, Ethan was saying this before, like, you know, people, most kids aren't just random bullies for no reason. Yeah. Like they learned it from someone, you know, I learned it from you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> that's always been kind of one of the talking points uh, as the kids have been going through school and, you know, they de- have their own dealings and run-ins with, with other kids then that weren't particularly, uh, you know, desirable situations and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and we've always tried to say not to excuse why someone does something, but we've always tried to say, you know, sometimes, you know, it be- before you get yourself to where you're so angry, you want to retaliate or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we always said, you know, you got to kind of try to negate any kind of confrontation and obviously you can protect yourself and stuff like that. But when you're wait, when you're really just focused on, I hate this, like sometimes you have to think, like you said, the bully might get bullied or mm-hmm. they have a bad home life and stuff like that. So watching that with this, with him in the, in the mix of the movie, I kind of liked how that played out. And that's what I was saying earlier, like sometimes life, you know, art, art imitates life where it's true. I mean, you don't know. And it even and it, it, that goes on beyond high school. That goes into life. I try to mm-hmm. still at, at work, I try to kind of live that way, right? Where, you know, my work is like high school. It's all dudes pretty much all busting each other's ass and talking shit about each other behind their backs or Oh, he's in a bad mood. And I go, well, you don't know what's going on. Right. You know, maybe right. his you know? maybe his kid's sick. Maybe he found out his father's dying or what. Or maybe he just had a bad day. But you don't mm-hmm. know. You don't know. So I, I hate it, 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 it. Obviously, I hated it to see my kids when they had issues. But I really hate also seeing it at work with grown men where I go, God, come on. You don't know why such and such is quiet today. Why they don't want to talk. Cause I've been in, when I go into work and you know, whether I'm stressed out about whatever outside of work or I just woke up on the wrong side of bed or whatever, and I'm not in the mood and guys will start busting my ass and I, and I'll try to like by body language kind of present myself as like mm-hmm. not approachable. Like, yeah. Just not today guys. Exactly. <laughs> today's, today's not the day. Yes. Right? And sometimes I've had to say that. I don't say and, it is nice, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, another thing is um, like with what's going on now, or like with the coronavirus and all that stuff, like um, people handle stress in different ways. You know, some people want to talk about it. Some people don't want to talk about it. Yep. You know, I, I was um, uh, j- very recently, I mean, within the past two weeks, I my boss, um, like, Normally he and I talked during the day and then he kind of quit responding to me. And I was like, did, did I say something that offended him? Or like, I was really starting to worry because that's how I am. You know, I'm a people uh-huh. pleaser and, and I was really worried that, that maybe I had done something to hurt his feelings or that someone else had. And that, you know, and, and so I kind of cornered him and I was like, man, you know, like you haven't really been yourself. I'm, I'm afraid that, that I did something. And he said that his wife had um, tested positive for coronavirus and that she they she was um, uh, isolating herself in their house. He has two kids that are in college, and they have moved home. And so he and his kids are trying to stay away from her. And so had nothing to do with me. 
you know, like I was reading into it that it was it was something with me, and, and it obviously wasn't. But it's just that type of thing where we don't always know what's going on with people. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I feel like we've, <laughs> but I think I feel like we've talked a lot about of our own experiences and a reflection of this movie. But I think that's a lot of times, isn't that what movies? I mean, sometimes I think they're there to take you out of life, right? Especially now, you watch a movie mm-hmm. to forget. But I think, too, sometimes it's good to kind of reflect on the similarities you have. And, and you know, a great movie, classic movies, and I think this is a classic movie. Uh, this is a great uh, movie. I was going to say a great 80s movie, but it's just a great movie, is the fact that um, it's was relatable then, it's relatable now. You know what I mean? Like, there's always going to be yeah. teenagers that don't get along with their parents or that things are happening at school that, you know, are going to find commonalities with other students mm-hmm. uh, that are going to come together. You know, um, I, what this movie made me think of was uh, the year before my junior year, I was 15 during the summer and I took driver's ed. And so my example is not as extreme as what was in the breakfast club, but uh, we had these Ford Tauruses, I think. And so there was a teacher and then there were four kids. So there was, uh, you know, the, a kid was driving, a teacher up front, and then three of us in the back. And we would drive and you just got randomly assigned, you know, this group of kids. And I remember there was one girl who was in band and and uh, one guy who was like kind of a eh, kid. I wouldn't call him a necessarily a stoner, but, you know, hung out with those kind of guys. Right? Like that's what I would identify him as. And then there was a, another girl who was just a, you know, a girl I didn't know, but seemed nice, but it was the four of us. And then over the summer, you were always with those people and we all became friends over the summer. You know, I mean, we went to driver's ed, we were in the same car. We did all this stuff. And when school started, it went, I I never saw those people. Yeah. I mean, we never hung out, you know, so it was that, that same kind of thing where like, you know, on detention, like we're all the people we're here and we're all going to relate and stuff. And, and whether that's, uh, you know, going on a, a field trip for school, like going on a long bus ride or, you know, things like that or whatever, where it just puts you um, with those other people. And you just have that moment where, where you kind of let your guard down and you don't have to be the, the athlete or the princess or the brain or whatever. And you could just be people and find out that no matter, you know, what, what you're identified or labeled as um, that we still have, have things in common. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think this, uh, I have to say, I think I I enjoyed this more watching it now than I did when I was younger. I don't think I had, you know, I know a lot of people are huge John Hughes fans, right? Um, They know all the movies. I, I'll be honest, man. I didn't know that he had done half the movies that he did. It was funny. Nicole and I were driving the other day and we were, and I said, we were doing this movie and I said, I'm not really, I think I'm really a big John Hughes fan. I go, not that I don't like his stuff. I just don't think, again, I know there's people that love John Hughes. I go, I don't really think I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I really like a lot of his movies. And she starts rambling off. Yeah. Well, he did this. You like that. He did this. He'd like did this. And I'm like, Holy cow. I didn't realize it. So, um, but yeah, I definitely did not. Uh, this is a movie I'd seen on HBO. I don't know. I don't know. I never really 
love the movie and I'm not to say I love it now, but I, I did like it. I liked, I appreciated the fact that like you just said, it's, it's just like we've told our kids, you know, like, Oh, well it was like that in our school. And it's going to be like that when your kids are in school, like this is the stuff that just happens. It sucks. Mm -hmm. We know that, but that's high school. It's how it is. So it was kind of good to see the, go back and and see it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for sure. Yep. I uh, yeah I did too. Um, one of the things when, when I was watching this time was I, I wrote down uh, six lines that jumped out at me that were whatever they either something that stuck with me like uh, either that reminded me of the time. I really there there are things that uh, you know there were those movies in the eighties where uh, like I, I'm trying to think of there was one in Ghostbusters like uh, you know when they say, are you a God? <laughs> you know, yeah. and he's like, you no, know, someone asks you if you're a God, you say yes. You know, um, those, those sorts of lines that just got adapted and constantly quoted by kids, you know, in, in high school, it's that age where you, you pick up something and, and, and um, you know, you just repeat it uh, ad, ad nauseum. Uh, the first one I wrote down was uh, Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. I remember people saying that all the time. I remember there was a, a radio DJ that had a little clip of that. And, and uh, if you called in, you know, and you told a joke and it was bad, he would call you a, a Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. So uh, that was one. I don't know if that was, I can't, I have a hard time seeing you say that. No, <laughs> no, never did. Didn't hear people uh, repeating it. <laughs> Uh, the second one was, uh, you know, like we already talked about this one, don't mess with the bull. You'll get the horns. Yeah. I don't know if that came from this, but I definitely remember hearing people saying it after this movie. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's, I'm sure this wasn't created in the movie, but I'm sure it's what made it wildfire spread. Yeah. Uh, the third one is, is, um, you know, when Bender takes the screw out and Vernon comes in and he's yelling at him and, 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 uh, <laughs> Bender's like, you know, sometimes this happens. Sometimes screws fall out. The world's an imperfect place. And I, I used to have a friend that would say that all the time uh, where you would be like, you know, like, you, would, you know, you'd be like, can I borrow a pencil? He's like, whatever, your pencil, it broke. And then he would like say something like blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, the world's an imperfect place. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he just stole that part. I remember people saying that. Um, I did one. The fourth one that I wrote down was when, um, uh, the principal's talking to Bender and then Bender says, eat my shorts. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think if that was popular before this or not. Like I know Bart Simpson saying it. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I, 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 rem- I remember saying it as a kid. Yeah. And people saying it, but I, I would have to imagine that Bart Simpson actually made it more popular. Right, yeah. All of a sudden, it was on T-shirts and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was def- just an '80s thing mm-hmm. uh, in there. Another one was um, again when the uh, oh, what's his name, the uh, uh, wrestler Emilio Estevez. When oh, he's Andrew talking to Bender. Yeah, because there'll be two hits, man. Me hitting you, and you yep. hit the floor. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, a lot of us saying that. Oh, uh, that was a big one. Uh, and then the last one. This isn't really a, a saying, but I just thought it was an interesting perspective and this is definitely not this is something that you appreciate with the viewpoint uh from an adult not necessarily as a kid but you know when bender's being a a smart aleck and and, um vernon's in there and he's talking to everybody and and then he turns all the kids and he goes 
go visit John Bender in five years and see how funny he is. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember uh, multiple times as a kid, like not necessarily being bullied, but just like maybe getting excluded from something or or being bullied or different things. And I remember my mom would always be, well, just wait and see, you know, that sort of thing like that. And, and almost, almost every instance of that, uh, she was right. Like, you know, the kid that I wanted to be so bad in high school, like I wanted to be friends with this kid so bad. And then, yeah, like, I don't want to be friends with him now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there are, are were people and, it, it wasn't true in every case because um, there's a couple of people that I didn't get along with in high school have turned out to be really nice people. It's still hard to not see them as the people they were in high school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, you know, the things like, like when you're a kid, you're like, I want to be like that kid because, you know, he, get, his parents let him drink and he gets to stay out all hours of the night. Well, that doesn't always necessarily lead to raising you know, responsible adults, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it's just this thing where I don't know, like the, the things that you envied about people didn't necessarily make them be good people. If that, Oh makes yeah. Sense. You know lo- what I mean? Yeah. You just looked at it from a different younger point. Right. Right. So yeah, whenever, you know, it's just that thing of like, you know, obviously Bender is trying to be funny. He's trying to rally everybody. And, and it's that thing of like, you know, we'll see how funny he is in five years. And if you think about Bender five years after high school, he was definitely not dating Claire. I'm sure of that. Oh, yeah. I still, don't, <laughs> I still don't like that. I still don't like that any by any means. Didn't like that that happened. But well, yeah. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, what we're going to do is I think we're going to start wrapping it up here. Um, Rob, where can people find you if, there's, if they still haven't and they're looking for you? Where can they find you? <laughs> If they haven't found me yet, I'm. I'm. Uh, you can always find what I'm up to over at robohara.com. Uh, that has links to all my social media. I keep promising to uh, get the old podcast wheels spinning again. Uh, this uh, all the work lately on the workshop and everything has has got me backed up on projects at the moment. But uh, but that's the plan. So when that starts to happen, uh, you'll find that over at robohara.com. You'll find links to that. And, if you want to follow me on a day-to-day and my, my random nonsense, uh, you can always follow me over on Twitter at uh, Commodore. You know what? I think uh, I think you have some time to get that podcast started because I feel like, and I've seen this on Twitter, uh, I think it's podcast listening is down. At first, when this all started, I thought, man, people are going to be listening to consuming lots of podcasts, but, mm-hmm. you know, people are home and they're with their kids and whether it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I look, I I consider Throwback Reviews a pretty clean show. I know I, you know, slip up here once in a while, but uh, you know, then you got Horrified Chicken and my other show with my wife, which is completely vulgar. So, but whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, I don't think you want to like have headphones on when you're at home with your family all the time, nonstop listening to podcasts. So, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe things will start picking up. But uh, anyways, uh, as far as my stuff is concerned, you can find all of my shows at alldutchpods.com including my new show that I released about, I don't know, what, a month and a half ago, uh, CapturedSound.com. 
bunch of field recording. I'm definitely a novice uh, and an enthusiast, so I'm not a professional sound recorder, but it is fun. I love it. And I've been trying to utilize the time off to, to do some of that stuff. So um, other than that, I will say, Rob, I uh, hope you and the family stay safe and everyone listening, stay safe.